What happens when the community you create to fight the powers that be turn on you? And then we travel to the Soviet Union to meet a woman who foolishly made fun of a saint. Her punishment? Being frozen in place. <laughs> Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of 10 Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. That was supposed to be me talking, and I can't move my mouth. But it sounded more like she turned into a robot. Like that creepy robot from Superman 3. We got a lot of stuff to cover. So first off, let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Coming in, writing a golden griffin. It's Bjorn S. It's not a baby. Bjorn S. is not a baby. That's the sound a griffin makes. I apologize to all new listeners of the show. It's normally not this phonetic. It's not a word. It's normally not that. It's Friday. It's like chill out day. Bjorn, thanks for supporting the show. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You can't support the Patreon. Or if you're not super manic right now, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. You guys will also see it's Fan Art Friday. Right now, we have some fan art, a meme, provided to us by Mayher Shalashabaz. So, thank you, Mayher Shalashabaz, for this. It's a classic Hans meme. Hans is still gone, by the way. I always try to check on him. I always always open the door and see that he's still sleeping in bed. Oh, Hans. Hans, if you don't know, is someone we've covered a couple times on this show. He is a YouTuber who dabbles in the most bizarre conspiracy theories, namely... All men are women and all women are men, for the most part. He's actually a man. But Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are actually the reverse. Brad Pitt's a woman and Angelina Jolie is a man. And even more famous than that, monkeys don't exist. He believes that primates are actually people in suits to fool us because of some reason. Oh, the color orange is evil and space is fake. But that's really like, it's so funny because... You don't want to beat a dead horse, and I don't think Hans is a bad person. I see a lot of YouTube videos have popped up recently or in the past couple months just kind of saying how stupid he is and stuff like that. I don't think he's dumb. I think his critical thinking skills are a little off. I think he's smart enough to look at facts, and he's smart enough to ask questions. But it's the conclusions that don't really land properly. I don't think he's an idiot, but he has retired. One of my YouTube listeners, Calvin Walmer, actually sent me a video of his a while back to watch called Time Ain't What It Used To Be, with the theory that time used to be slower. It used to be way, way slower. His proof of this is when you watch old-timey movies, everyone moves really fast. That that is actually... either I might be getting it wrong. Either he's saying that people moved faster in the past, and when you see old-timey movies and they move fast, that's actually how people moved in the past, or... They moved slower, and we have to speed up the film, otherwise we would know they moved slower. It was one of the two. It was hard to make sense. He has a whole video about how, if in the past, if you counted one Mississippi, it was slower than if you counted to one Mississippi today. Thanks for sending that over, by the way, Calvin. I didn't have, I, it was like, I don't know if I can make a whole segment out of this stuff. A lot of his stuff come off like little jokes. Like, you can make quick jokes about it. He has a video that I'm looking at here entitled, Send This Video to People Who Believe in Penguins, and it is behind-the-scenes footage from Batman Returns, and it's them setting up fake penguins. So he has, like, the... He has... 
he's looking at stuff and goes, wait a second, if Hollywood can make a fake penguin, how can I prove a real penguin exists? That's a question. You're allowed to ask questions. But I just think his his answer... Batman's not real. Actually, no, he does believe Batman. Bat is a Jewish word for daughter, so he thinks Batman is daughter man. That's This is 100% true. Batman is daughter man. And that goes into the whole idea that men are actually women and women are actually men, except for a very few of them. If you're a chubby man like myself, I'm actually a woman. But he has retired, and this is a super long intro, but um, you know, I wish him the best. I wish him the best. He's no longer making YouTube videos like Top 10 Fake Animals. The very first uh, picture of thumbnail is of a snake strangling a woman. Yeah, so we wish you the best, Hans. All of our memes and the episode, we've done two episodes on you. They're all in good fun. I'm not part of the hate Hans wagon. I've, I, At least as far as I know, I haven't seen anything that would make me hate you. You seem like a pretty chill guy. I think that you just uh, come to different conclusions. I think they're wrong conclusions. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I do think time moves the same now as it used to. But um, I hope everything's going okay. I guess I'm a little. I guess I'm saying along that way. I'm a little concerned. Usually, he said he was retiring just because he got tired of doing the same thing over and over again. But I hope that's all. Hans, if you're listening to the show, and I know you have checked out episodes in the past, we do. Even though we'll disagree about stupid stuff whether or not the color orange is evil we do care about you here at dead rabbit radio and we hope that you are okay bjorn is standing there nodding his head he's like yes i love hans the most he has a little hans hans fan club button we know you love hans the most bjorn i'm gonna toss you the keys to the dead rabbit dirigible we are gonna leave behind dead rabbit command and we are headed out to the east coast because i didn't write down i didn't write down exactly where we're going or headed on out there it doesn't really matter this specific state this is more of a state of mind very very fascinating story but i have to do a bit of lead up to it we're going to talk about a man named preston nichols we've actually talked about him twice on this show i'll give you quick overviews and the episodes that you want to watch are in the show notes if you want more information but we'll cover enough to make this relevant we talked about on episode 543 And that was the first time we met him. He was running around with a guy named John Ford. They were both UFO researchers. Preston Nichols believed that he saw himself from the future in the past. So he saw a videotape of a younger version of himself recovering a UFO. So (laughs) just right off the bat, right off the bat, that's just bizarre. He was hanging out with John Ford, who ended up going to prison for trying to assassinate a couple of Republicans with radioactive material because he believed they were either part of the UFO cover-up or he just didn't like them or both. It was some. It was just this super bizarre thing. It's a really good episode, episode 543. And Preston Nichols is a side character in that story. I read this article written by Michael Colton. There's an article called Out There for the Washington Post. Michael Colton actually, after writing this article, <laughs> immediately afterwards, Nickelodeon knocked on his door. He went from writing, being a journalist, to writing for the uh, Penguins of Madagascar, that cool cartoon on Nickelodeon. I actually really liked that cartoon. He wrote this, though, about Preston Nichols. I love this quote because it really says a lot about how the media portrayed UFOologists when I was growing up. This article came out in the 90s. And this is how UFOologists used to be treated. Fairly or unfairly, again, Preston Nichols and John Ford, they were doing some really goofy stuff and had some really bizarre and, in the end, dangerous theories. At least John Ford's theories put people in danger. But Preston Ford believes he saw a videotape of himself, a younger version of himself, 
who had come from the future. How does this even work? A younger version of himself from the future came back in time to capture a UFO. And he's watching a video. There's just... Anyways, this is this quote. I love this quote about Preston Nichols. Quote, Portly and absent-minded, he lives with his father in a small, shoddy house cluttered with electronic equipment, books, videotapes, and a rock collection. <laughs> I'm not saying rock collections are nerdy. The journalist didn't have to put that detail. It didn't have to put any of those details in there, right? Portly and absent-minded, he lives with his dad. So right there, you're like, great. Now, none of those things, you, none of those things are necessarily bad. They're building a profile of, cool, 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 cool. Look at this guy. He's a rock collection. I mean, rocks are cool. I don't have one, but I'm just saying, like, you, you can picture from that exactly the story that Michael is trying to lay out. Portly and absent-minded, he lives with his father in a small, shoddy house, cluttered with electronic equipment, books, videotapes, and a rock collection. And then it goes on. In his living room, while his fat dog snores, which is one of the best... That's like he's making fun of the guy's dog as well. Dog has nothing to do with this UFO stuff. So anyways, I just love that quote. I just love that quote. He was basically... And, and, that's, not, and that's not an aside against Michael Colton. That is how UFOologists were portrayed in the 90s and before. It's only been very, very recent where they've been given any sort of respectability in the media. But that was the first time I had really come across the name of Preston Nichols, or so I had thought, because it actually turns out that Alex F., longtime Dead Rabbit Radio listener, I don't know if they still listen to the show, but back on episode 214, Alex F. name-dropped Preston Nichols and said, hey, have you ever heard the story about Preston Nichols and a couple other people? They actually believe that Stranger Things is based on their life story, and apparently they tried to sue Stranger Things. And I go, oh, no, that's totally weird. And I kind of looked into it and didn't see much. So the first time I heard the name Preston Nichols was back when Alex F. left that comment. Then when I see the name again in this article related to John Ford, I still didn't even put it together. But then I started looking into Preston Nichols more and realized he had gone from being a side character in the saga of John Ford to one of the main characters, like Alex F. said, in the story of the Montauk Project. And I covered that on episode 577. The Montauk Project, in a nutshell, is time travel, portals to alternate dimensions, and the creation of super soldiers. This is conspiracy theory goulash, right? Everyone wants a big taste of this, and they're throwing every possible conspiracy theory in there. Someone, Hans is trying to sneak in, Orange is evil, and everyone's like, what? It's nothing to do with that. He's like, no, no, but it's really evil, guys. It doesn't get put in. You <laughs> put into the goulash. But you have all this other stuff. And Preston Nichols becomes a huge proponent of the Montauk Project. And episode 577 was about another man who claimed he was a super soldier. He wasn't. Spoiler alert, he was not. But he believed Preston Nichols was trying to expose this program, trying to expose the truth. And now on that episode, I said, I wonder what Preston Nichols is up to today. I said he's probably still just kind of making money off this whole brand. He's still figuring out a way to scam people out of their hard-earned money and their mental processing power because there's no such thing as super soldiers in the sense that Preston Nichols is selling them. Um, I found out as I was editing the episode, um, he's dead. He's actually dead. He's not doing any of that stuff anymore. Unfortunately, he has passed away. As much as I think that it's pretty scummy to be selling lies about you may be a super soldier and you may be a super soldier and you may be a super soldier, 
and getting people lost in this fantasy world. I don't wish that he was dead, but he's dead. He is dead now. So is that the end of the story? Jason, why are you doing a recap on a man who has passed away? Well, a super soldier, this is 100% true. I just happened to stumble across this a while ago. A super soldier contacted a psychic, and the psychic contacted Preston Nichols from Beyond the Grave. Bjorn, now you see why we're just flying into a state of mind as we're up in this dirigible. Because we are now in the afterlife. Hope you guys hope you guys brought your afterlife pants. They make you look like you have little wavy legs, like a Ghostbuster ghost. Woo, we're just floating there with no legs now. Here's the story. So on November 14th, 2018, a video went up from a super soldier known as James Rink. And this is for a website called Super Soldier Talk, which is not as interesting as Super Soldier Fight. Like, wouldn't you rather see wouldn't you rather see a fight club of a bunch of super soldiers? The idea of, I should tell you this too, the idea of a super soldier is that children are being kidnapped and taken to these underground laboratories all over the United States. We've covered them a lot on this show, actually. Max Spears claimed to be a super soldier. John Storm claimed to be a super soldier. He actually met Spider-Man. He met Peter Parker in Vietnam. <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. That is one of my favorite episodes. But anyway, so we run into these super soldiers quite often. And so the theory is, is they're kidnapped as kids. They're taken to these underground layers. They're beat up. Their bones are broken over and over and over again until they become hard as iron. That's not how, that's not how that works. Right? That's not how that works. Your bones just become super brittle and you have fractures everywhere. They get tortured and abused and... They eventually get released as super soldiers and they're dispersed to Vietnam and Cambodia and, you know, places where we're actually fighting wars nowadays. And then eventually they break free of their super soldier programming. They go, go away handlers. And then they sit in front of a computer and start a YouTube channel and they never get stopped by the U.S. government. Even though the U.S. government's committed multiple crimes and had these people go out and murder civilians all over the world, they're now able to start a YouTube channel and just talk about it. Just talk about all of those horrible crimes. That that's what's going on. John Storm is very famous for saying the government can't shut him down as he uploads videos regularly. So we have James Rink, and then we have a channeler known as Jessica Morocco. According to James Rink, this is the story. He was kidnapped as a little boy. He was taken to the Montauk Project, where he was forced to become a super soldier against his will. And Preston Nichols was there. Preston Nichols, who we have been told was one of the people trying to expose this whole program, who used to run with John Ford and his fat dog, was actually a member of the Montauk Project. He wasn't a whistleblower so much as he was a director of it. He not only ordered the abuse of James Rink, he partook in it. Preston Nichols personally abused James Rink, according to James. Also, they... (laughs) Here's a segue for you. Also, they both met George Washington. Preston Nichols and James Rink. James Rink's the little drummer boy. They go back in time. He's like, you know what? I've been breaking your bones all day long. Let's take a break. How would you like to go back and meet George Washington? Do I get a wheelchair? You get a period-appropriate wheelchair. So, no, you don't. (laughs) He's all wobbling, wobbling on little stick uh, stick crutches. In between having his bones broken and having his mind warped so he could go kill a bunch of people in Vietnam, you know, just go back in time, meet George Washington. I don't know why he didn't do super soldier stuff back then. 
So he's, it's super bizarre. So he's talking about Preston Nichols to this channeler, and she apparently knows this backstory as well, and this is part of this YouTube video. And she says, I don't think that's true. Now, she's not calling him out on the fact that they went back in time and met George Washington. She totally let that one slide. She goes, I think he was more of a witness and less of a participant. And it's interesting because he doesn't really have a reaction to that. Imagine if you were insistent that someone had abused you and someone sitting across from the table goes, no, I don't think so. And then you just move on. So you figure maybe it's a defense mechanism, but he does just move on. So what's this message from beyond the grave? She's saying she's talking to Preston Nichols since he passed away. This is what he's told her. He says, listen, I don't have anything to tell you about the afterlife. If you want to know the secrets of the universe, you want to know anything that people actually want to know about death, I can't tell you that. However, I can tell you a bunch of information that I've said several times that you can just look up on Google. When I was alive, the government was after me. They put implants in me. They spied on me. Make some vague prediction about Tel Aviv. This video came out in 2018. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to say anything, you can be like something is going to happen in the Middle East soon. And people are like, oh my God. <laughs> Something totally just happened in the Middle East. That's the easiest prediction to make. But then she says that Preston Nichols had a special message for James Rink. And it was, it was not me who harmed you. They have a way of getting us to fight against each other when they thought we were getting too strong. So James sits there for a second and he goes, so was it a clone? Was I abused by a lookalike? <laughs> like, I'm not laughing at the abuse. I don't think the abuse happened. So I totally feel fine because he was not actually kidnapped and taken to an underground facility and had all of his bones broken for months and months and months. Or anything else. Or <laughs> It's not like they even took him down there and gave him a lollipop. It didn't happen. So I have no problem joking about it, but... She And she says that, he goes, so was it a clone or a lookalike? And she says that he said, President Nichols said, it didn't happen at all. Like, he was, it wasn't him, it wasn't his clone, his clone was doing his taxes, and his lookalike was on vacation that week. And he just kind of nods his head, and he just changes the subject. Now, here's the thing. Did he, I don't think he actually got kidnapped at all. I don't think that... There's a thousand other ways to build super soldiers. That's not any of them. That's not any of them. And if that was true, they wouldn't be on YouTube. It's one or the other. Either they're actually doing this and you're never allowed on YouTube. That's part of the training. That's part of the super soldier training. You would never be able to reveal this stuff. Or that it's a flight of fancy. But it could be a flight of fancy that you believe. Whether or not Jessica's talking to Preston in the afterlife... I, I have a little more belief in mediums and ghosts than the super soldier program, but who who knows to that? I do think it's very interesting that she's defending him. What I think is the most, but we can never prove that. What I think is most interesting about this is Preston Nichols built a monster that is devouring him. He's dead. He can't change his legacy at all, but the legacy has been crafted that he is an abuser. He's an abuser of children is the narrative now. This man, this portly, absent-minded man who sat in his dad's house with his fat dog, who made himself the hero of this story that involved time travel and hanging out with George Washington and exposing the truth, now the same people that he inspired are calling him a child abuser. He created this 
fanciful, fictional world. And the thing with a fictional world is anyone can modify it because there's no facts behind it. I just can't show up and go, the Bills won the Super Bowl. And you're like, what? No, they didn't. <laughs> they never did. They never won the Super Bowl. People would go, no, that's not true. But if it was some made-up sport, if it was like Humble Wart or some stupid thing like that, I could make up whatever I wanted. And this is a made-up story. And the guy who made it up can't defend himself. And the story is morphing where he's actually the bad guy. I find that super, super fascinating. There's no way to defend it. You can have a psychic come on and say she talked to him. But James's response to all of it, it was like he he wanted to believe some of it, but he really wasn't taking it in. It's a very odd video to watch. It's a very odd video to watch. I tried watching it a couple times to see his facial reactions to being told that's not true, and it, there was like nothing there. So odd story, and it's the story of a man who created a monster, a real-life monster, not a monster from Stranger Things, a real-life monster, this story that sucked in young men like James Rink and Max Spears and many, many others. And he will be remembered by segments of the Super Soldier Society, not as a whistleblower, but as a man who actively abused children. And in the end, that might be the truest part of the story. Because if he fed on the emotional trauma of young people, maybe he did abuse children, but not in an underground facility, but on the internet by telling them lies. I don't have a time to tell the story about the woman turning a stone, even though that was the joke in the beginning, but because I spent too much time talking about Hans, but that's okay. I found another story we're going to talk about. Bjorn, I'm going to toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are still headed to Russia. Specifically, we are going to Vyborg. The entire region, half land, half machine, all Vyborg. It's in the Leningrad region of Russia, and it's July 26th, 1989. Ding, 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 ding. These kids are riding on a moped, driving down the road, and there's a forest on one side of the road. They're looking over at the forest. They see something moving through the trees. (laughs) It's not a dog. It's not a dog running for the gravy train. Someone's running through the trees there. And it's just a black figure is how they describe it. And then they see another one. That one's not making any breathing noises. I don't know if the first one was either, but there's a reason why this one isn't making any breathing noises. This one doesn't have a head. It's just torso, arms, and legs running behind the other black figure that has a head. So the kids stop the moped and they get off. Now, there's two types of kids in the world. Kids who would not gone off the moped, who would have just kept driving and been like, I didn't see it, I didn't see it. Or these knuckleheads, and us, we probably would have done the same thing. They begin picking up rocks and throwing them at the figures in the forest. Now, it could be anything. It could just be some guys running a marathon while a guy doesn't have a head. You know, that's the new thing. You try running without a head. It's great for the cardiovascular system. It could be anything from people running a marathon and one of them is headless to aliens or ghosts or a bunch of other stuff in between. Uh, it's aliens. <laughs> that's, that's this one. Supposedly aliens, most likely aliens. Because what happens is as they start throwing rocks at these unknown people, one of them turns, looks at the kid, and shoots a beam at them. Shoots a laser beam at them. Ghosts tend to not do that. Neither do marathon runners. It hits about 32 feet away from the kids, and it kicks up a bunch of dust. 
and I'm going to add a little sparks, a little Flash Gordon special effects, as well. When the dust settled, the figures were gone. Very, very interesting story. That's not all. That's not all. But it's a very, very interesting story because the kids stayed around after they got shot at with the laser beam. They stood there waiting for the dust to settle. And the aliens are like, okay, we didn't scare these kids. And we don't want to murder these kids, so let's just leave. They won this battle for now. That happened on July 26, 1989. Around the same time, in mid-July, I got both of these stories from thinkaboutitdocs.com. Around the same time, in mid-July, about 5,700 miles away. That's how big Russia is. They shouldn't have two stories 5,700 miles apart, same country. Bjorn, take that carbon copter. We're going to Solonechi. That's in the Perm region in Russia. There's a summer camp there. Kids are roasting marshmallows. They're playing tag. Um, around while they're roasting marshmallows, they're like, no, no, I don't want to be it. Ugh, they fall in the fireplace, and a new serial killer is born. Burn face. He's all covered in marshmallows. <laughs> His hockey mask is made of marshmallows. They're at this summer camp. They see... Some humanoids walking through the forest. They're, these ones, they get a good close look at. They're described as having large eyes. So I'm assuming both of these had heads because they have eyeballs. They see these figures walking through the forest and these kids start throwing rocks. <laughs> these kids legit pick up rocks. This is a totally different group of kids, by the way. If one kid didn't go like, that was fun. Let's take this moped 5,600 miles across the country. They start throwing rocks at these figures in the forest. And one of these figures, once again, turns and looks at these kids. Around the same time in the same region, some people are driving down the road, roasting marshmallows in their car. They're all getting carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, but these marshmallows are going to taste so good. They're driving down the road and they see a young woman walking down the street. They drive up to the girl. The girl turns. She turns super slow. So first they see the back of her head, and then the car is coming. And now they see the side. You're like, Jason, you didn't have enough time to tell the stone woman story, but you're dragging on this? Yes, I am. The car's coming up, and now they can see, like, half of the back of her head, and now they see her ear and her hair's gently blowing in the wind. The car is driving ever so slowly, ever so much. Time moves slower back then, so the car's moving slower. And the girl turns, and they see, like, an eye, and they're like, oh, okay. She has a human eye. That's good. She keeps turning and turning, and she has a bear snout for a mouth. But you didn't expect that. <sighs> I don't know if she actually made that noise. You wouldn't have to make that noise, right? If you were driving down the road, she could have said, hello, good gentleman. She had a bear snout. It doesn't matter what came out of it. That was terrifying. They peel out. And they drive away from Bear Snout Betty. That's not what she's called, but it should be. Then, also in that same region, there's another group of kids just walking around. They are looking for marshmallows. They got left out of camp. They couldn't afford it. So maybe we'll find some wild marshmallows. Joey, I've told you there's no such thing as a wild marshmallow. Don't tell me that! They're looking for the marshmallow fields. They see a UFO landed in a field, just sitting there. Typical UFO, apparently. It's just listed as a UFO in the story, but imagine a saucer with the little landing pads. And walking around the UFO, take a guess. Take a guess. I'll give you a second. What do these kids see? I'm going to take a sip of Sprite Zero Sugar. I didn't have enough time to tell that last story, but I can play a game like this for this story. What did the children see? If you answered Minotaurs, 
You're right. You're right. Which I have to say is awesome. I don't think in any UFO story we've ever come across minotaurs. And it would make sense. Like, Zeus could have been an alien. He's always constantly banging animals. Maybe that's some sort of parallel to hybrids. I know I've lost all my listeners in Greece. Who now, they're like, oh, you're insulting our gods. You're next, Odin. Like, you figure those gods could have easily been parallels for aliens. They're constantly doing alien stuff. They're constantly banging humans and banging animals and making humans bang animals. Yeah. And so, you know, like, Prometheus bringing down fire, maybe that was him bringing down, like, a laser gun. He's like, shooting, shooting cavemen's logs. Minotaurs are walking around. So that's pretty dope. But that story just ends with them seeing minotaurs. The minotaurs don't chase them off. The minotaurs don't have bear snouts. They're not dating that young woman who's walking on the street. They're like, oh, here's Bear Snout Betty. And she's like, woohoo, walking and meeting the Minotaurs. All of this stuff's going on in the same region. And I left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger. Those kids who were throwing rocks at those aliens at the summer camp. Oh, this is all happening in this little part of Russia. They're throwing rocks at the summer camp. I said the alien turned to look at him. That wasn't the end of that story. He turned to look at him, shoots a laser at those kids as well. But I don't know if this is the same alien that just landed 5,600 miles away, probably like a day earlier. That one just kicked up dust. This alien's not having it. He sets the field on fire. He shoots them with this beam. And the, the ground just catches on fire. The grass catches on fire. The kids run off, scatter in all directions. I'm sure one of them, the bravest of them all, Grabbed some marshmallows and tried roasting it, and the alien started fire. No children were hurt. If they were, it totally wouldn't have been covered up by the KGB. But that is those events. I got this from ThinkAboutItDocs.com. They got them from Russian UFO organizations' newsletters. One of them was from the Yaroslav Group. It was uh, FSR Volume 35, Number 3. That's their newsletter. The other one was from UFO Zone Russia. But I, I know thing about it, docs.com is pretty legit. Actually, they're the ones that's so interesting. Think about it, docs.com was how I found the story of John Ford because think about it, docs.com had the story and it said known fraud listed in the story. And I go, what? That's interesting that they're they're calling it out like that. And I clicked on it and it took me to the story of John Ford, which took me to the story of Preston Nichols. I love that story though of the Russians versus the aliens because, and I'll wrap it up like this. I think it's super interesting. They're completely fearless. We have so many stories of Russians constantly shooting at aliens or provoking them in all sorts of ways. And we've seen so many interesting stories come out from behind the Iron Curtain during the Soviet Union that don't conform to the Western view of aliens. I don't think I've ever come across a Russian alien story where they talk about the environment. There have been stories about like Universal Brotherhood, but they're so much more rare than we have in the West. In the West, a lot of times the aliens are seen as like this enlightened group. In Eastern Europe, they're shooting lasers at kids. Now, we have had stories like that in the West, and we've talked about those on the show, like the Casablanca invasion, which is one of my favorite episodes, where the aliens are a very evil or malevolent, or they're kidnapping kids, they're doing stuff. So I just figured that was a good story to end the week on. It was a short story. I could fit it. That was the main thing. I was like, what's an interesting short story that I can tell to end off this episode that doesn't end with me accusing a dead man of psychologically damaging children? I know, a story where an alien opens fire on children. But no kids were hurt. So that's okay. And I think it's an interesting story of people fighting back against aliens. Actually, now that I think about it, they weren't necessarily fighting back against aliens. 
They were throwing rocks at people they didn't recognize. They didn't know who these guys were. Could have been anyone. And they're just throwing rocks at them. Actually, now that I think about it, throwing rocks at aliens probably probably isn't the best idea. Because aliens may have been thinking, hey, you know, that rock technology is really good. How do we master that? How do we beat them? Sure, our laser guns and our ability to travel in time and walk through people's walls and appear in their bedrooms at night. That's all good, but how do we master this rock technology? And they're studying the rock. They're sitting in geology class, and they're like, hmm. And the teacher's like shaking their head. It's a montage all of a sudden. The teacher's like shaking their head, and they're playing the song Hot for Alien Teacher. And the kids are like trying to figure out more about rocks, and then they're like drawing rocks. And they're doing all this stuff. And then in the ending, right when the song fades out, they show the alien teacher giving them a thumbs up and nodding its head. And then it cuts to a giant asteroid headed towards Earth as a UFO is gently pushing it towards Earth. And on that UFO is Betty Bearsnout and her two Minotaur boyfriends. Yeah, that's how we're that's how we're ending Friday's episode. There you go. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com. It's going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.